Hey yo! Welcome beyond the walls with Team World Vision. Friends, we are so excited to dive into some more exciting and inspirational content as we enter into our third season together. That's right, this is our third season. And not only that, we actually this week mark our one year anniversary of the podcast. Thanks to all of you moving your feet right now, you've helped bring this podcast to life by tuning in each week. And a good number of you have actually been spotlighted on the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in, for investing and contributing into this team and into this podcast so that we can truly go farther together. When all of our lives changed last spring, we decided to make this podcast one of our main priorities for our team so that we could stay connected and engaged. And I think that we know, looking back, that we have been able to do that. We are so happy that you've stuck it out with us over these many, many months. And as of today, we have topped over 12,000 listens. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And please don't forget, as we kick off our fall seasons in Twin Cities and Chicago, don't forget to share this podcast and this information with our newbies so that they feel loved and plugged in as well. We are so excited to see what the season ahead holds. With that said, we have two incredibly special people joining us this week. As I've been a part of this ministry for years, I have had the blessing and honor of hearing about so many of you, our runners, developing deep personal relationships and friendships with one another. I know this to be true because I've experienced it myself firsthand. It's not uncommon for people to come out of a full season of marathon training with new lifelong friendships that started and developed out along the path. And this week's episode actually shines a light on two people who not only said yes to running a marathon and going further by running an ultra marathon and sponsoring kids, but they also found somewhat of a mother-son bond that has changed their lives. Shella Johnson, a longtime LA marathoner and leader and one of our highest impact fundraisers all time, joins us today with Brian Frazier, our epic Hood to Coast leader and fellow World Vision colleague. This guy doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk. He too is one of our top contributors of impact to this ministry in his lifetime. We not only wanted to share this conversation with you because of how special and unique their bond has become over the years, but we also have a treat of hearing from them as they reflect on their trip to Rwanda several years ago, as they got to visit projects in the country during what is the 100 Days of Remembrance, where the country actually reflects on the events that took place during the Rwandan genocide during the spring and summer of 1994. Please enjoy this incredible conversation. Well, welcome Beyond the Walls with Team Roll Vision. Um, really, this is the highlight of my day. It's just it's a joy to see both of your faces today and get to have you on the podcast this week. Well, for those of you moving your feet right now, um, if you could see what I am seeing, um, Shella Johnson has a wall of awesome directly behind her, it looks like maybe desk chair. Um, it looks like a Boston Marathon poster right behind her. And then there's the Abbott World Marathon poster as well. That Maybe that's a Chicago Marathon poster right behind you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so what folks running right now, you need to know is that we've got two Speedy McGee's 
on this podcast today. We've got some, we've got some quick, quick feet on this podcast. So to kick things off, I'm really curious to either of you, Brian, and let's just everybody running and running right now too. Brian's not a slow guy, but let's just say that these guys have, have thick running resumes. So, so do you, either of you have a tip maybe for folks moving their feet right now, just a fun little tip. I just say, don't get hurt. Don't get hurt on your run today. Stay, stay injury free. And so that you can build on what you did yesterday and last week and the month before that, just, just don't get hurt. <laughs> and don't get distracted and be clumsy like me and fall. Yeah, right. <laughs> me especially. Well, there you go. Keeping it simple with the pros. <laughs> well, actually, though, we didn't invite you to the podcast today to talk about your running careers, even though we could really relish and how, how awesome they both are and what you could teach us. Um, we're really excited to talk about you guys. Uh, you both have a really, I think, special relationship, and it's really been fun to watch it flourish over the last few years. Um, so I was curious if you could tell us, you know, a little bit about your, how you met a little bit about your Team World Vision story. In February of 2016, there were some openings for comrades and um, Gina was invited by John Huddle. And of course, Gina said, mommy, we're gonna run comrades. And I'm like, yeah, right. Anyway, I clearly must've said yes, but uh, we were supposed to go to Kenya with him. And then in March, he said, there were so many people going to Kenya that he wanted us to go with this guy named Brian. Uh, if we'd be willing to go to Rwanda. We're like, we're easy, we'll do whatever you want, that's fine. And I think, Brian Frazier, I'm not positive, I think, were you at LA, um, the marathon in LA in 2016 so. at the expo? Yeah, because that's the year they had, uh, I was there, I was there the year they had the Olympic trials there, so whatever year that, that, was, that was. That was it. Yeah. And I don't even remember to this day, I don't remember meeting you, but I remember John Huddle going over saying, here, I want you to meet Brian. And I can't in my mind at all, I don't know what you look like, nothing. I'm blank. <laughs> but I think, I know he introduced us. So from there, we went to um, Comrades in June of 2016. And at the airport in Chicago, Gina and I are sitting there and here comes this guy with orange hair. And you came over and invited us to sit with you guys. Still just like, okay, so fine, let's sit with Brian, so. <laughs> I was excited. I was excited for that that trip too because I think that was probably my first time to run comrades. Just the same first time to go on this um, trip. That was my first vision trip with with Team World Vision, and so I was looking forward to comrades. I already already dressed up and ready to go with, with my orange mohawk. <laughs> it was exciting. It was an exciting time to get to meet you guys at the airport and I know that trip was a lot of fun and then we both went to run comrades at the same time and you know I didn't I didn't know you that well but I was pretty impressed that somebody I mean I, we can tell we don't have to tell people your Here age he goes. on the, on the, the call <laughs> but it's not a joke that you could go out there and and not just finish comrades but finish it handily and while many of the other much younger runners were out there suffering and i was already like looking out of like well, okay this this person she's got she's got some skills you could call me an old lady if you want to that's fine <laughs> i was 64 years old when i ran comrades the first time Woo! 64. That's what I'm talking about. Not a about. joke. 
Not and a joke. Hitting 65, which is like crazy, but um, so we ran Comrades, and <laughs> after Comrades, we actually, um, I think because it was a small group of us is why I got to know Brian, or I'm not sure, who knows. God had a plan that I didn't figure on at all. Because there were eight of us total. It was uh, Gina, mm -hmm. Anna, Rose, we met, I think she caught the plane in Kenya. It was Brian and uh, Leo and, oh, the number, Kelly mm -hmm. and Brad, right. And mm -hmm. so we went to, um, flew to Rwanda and um, I'm trying to think of when, probably, you know, eating with people, you really get to know people. And turned out he really liked Brian, really liked Indian food, and so do I. I love Indian food. And um, I, he shared at that time that it wasn't his wife's favorite thing. But so we sat across from each other often <laughs> at meal at dinner time. We sat across from each other often. I, I remember. It's funny how you remember different things because I was I was thinking about it, reflecting back, and thinking we we kind of did this. I had a rule leading the, the trip that everybody had to rotate uh, who they who they rode with in the cars. So, you know, you're going out to the field. You guys know well that, you know, it can take some time driving through the mountains from one site to the next. So it's a great opportunity to, to you know, meet each other and, and talk. And, uh, and I, can, I can remember a few stretches where uh, I started, you know, realizing that, this lady was really special, so uh, that's what. <laughs> yeah, like when you tried to take a picture of me when I was dozing in the back seat of the car, <laughs> mouth hung open. Uh huh. There was drool. You forgot that part. <laughs> <laughs> so from orange hair and Indian food to the wild roads of Rwanda and and long trips from one community to the next to see this transformational work. Um, it sounds like, and like I said, we're just watching the two of you, that God's really moved pretty powerfully through your relationship. So mm -hmm. so what happened from there? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the thing, that, <clears throat> the thing that, that started the spark, to be very honest, is as I was listening to her talk, getting to know her, I, uh, for those that don't know me or know my story, which would, I'm assuming is basically everybody listening, is I, uh, I, lost, I, I lost my mother at, uh, well, my mother was diagnosed with, with cancer when I was very young, and uh, she went on to, for a long, long battle uh, through it, and then, and then passed away um, later in life. I was an adult and married by that time, but, you know, cancer really took a lot of things from my mom, and uh, but one of the things that didn't take away was her personality. And as I was listening you know, and getting to know Sheila better, I just was overwhelmed with the, uh, the connection there of how similar she was to my mom and in all the ways that we're able to joke with each other. And um, for those that don't know Sheila, she's a very opinionated person. Uh, and uh, and, and you know, there's in in many ways many of the things that cancer did take away, and uh, um, from my mom, and just um, and just a lot of things in our relationship. I just was immediately gaining a sense that that uh, Sheila and I had a connection in a special way, in in that kind of a special way. We we spend time traveling, but and I was talking about eating. It's interesting how we we think of different things. But when we ate at the hotel uh, where the movie Rwanda was filmed, mm -hmm. 
it was, I think, a, like a buffet or something. And I was sitting across from you. And I mean, I was getting hints of things that, that maybe your mom wasn't alive, but I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I finally just said to you, I think I just asked you if your mom was alive or something. I don't remember. Do you remember that? It was a beautiful day. It was, we were mm -hmm. sitting there and I was hesitant just because everybody deals with death differently. And for me, having lost both my parents within five weeks of each other in 2009, I know the pain and yet still my heart went out to you, Brian, because you were so much younger. And I almost felt guilty about feeling sad about my parents not being there and having mm -hmm. had them for a longer time. But it doesn't matter when you lose a loved one, whether they're young, old, 70 years, two years, it's, it's all the same. Your heart just breaks. So I had a lot of empathy for you, but I wasn't sure how to ask. And I guess that was probably day five or something. So I felt comfortable enough to ask you. Sure. And then you started sharing your story and probably fell in love with you right then and there. <laughs> this young man needs a mom. <laughs> I don't have a son. I always wanted a son. And I, Brian knows this. I, uh, you can, my kids know this too, is that I used to tell uh, Gina and Louis when I was mad at them or they, they were frustrating me or whatever. If I had a son, he'd have treated me better than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so they I they call Brian um their brother from another mother. So um it's in loving that if I had a son, I'm sure I would have he would have treated me. My girls are amazing, but Brian's just they put a real sparkle in my life and he probably doesn't know this, but I, he, he just makes me smile when I think about it. He just makes me smile. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to compete with with her daughters, by the way. Her yeah. her, her daughters are not a joke. <laughs> um, we could write a book on how amazing um, amazing they are in the lives that they lead. Um, I'm I don't I I put my hands up. I don't compete in that way. I will dig and make jokes from time to time, but I'm glad I'm the only boy. <laughs> my third son, you know, Kai, he turned 14 yesterday. And they're like, she's so faithful. She, his card and gifts in the mail for, for Kai uh, from from Mimi, and uh, yeah, they have. They also have a special relationship, which we we can talk about maybe on a different time. But they, they, there was a little bit of a pen pal thing that I think started before Kai even remembers, because apparently he didn't remember how it right. started yesterday on the phone. But yeah. they've. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they they have been pen pals for a season through all this as well. My Did you show him the card? Tell him don't get mad. He was only ten when he was writing it. So <laughs> <laughs> my writing's still not much better than that, but I'm sure his is. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but what people might not know listening and don't know you, you know, Brian's a, a white guy, got kids. Uh, he's got one going off to college this year, um, you know, and Mimi is a black woman and she's got grandkids going to college right now. And, you know, Brian is in Texas and Mimi here in California, you know, and it's just the, the diversity, you know, geographically as well as culturally to see how God's used Team World Vision to put you together, but to see the, the joy that's overflowed through your relationship. Um, it's been really moving to witness. Yeah, we knew we were different um, from the beginning. <laughs> I guess the only thing I'll say on that is, or at least to start it, is to say um, none of that mattered when I was getting to know Sheila. Um, none of those differences mattered. What I heard was a mom and uh when i and and that's what i needed well and as i think back to our trip to rwanda i realized that my heart was i think full because of we were there during the 100 days of uh genocide and going to the museum and just seeing some of the things and it was my first trip um to africa but um it was just heartbreaking the things that had gone on Mm. thousands and thousands of people had been killed and when we, one of the museums we walked with Brian was the one where they showed the pictures of the children the many children and um, cases with yeah. bones it just I needed to have something that would fill me with joy mm. as I was watching that and I just this is just my reflecting thinking about it over the last few days looking at pictures and just realizing where we were. And, you know, Gina and I were there, and Gina and I always hang together, but to have someone else, that was a real part of it. And that whole group actually, um, you know, Kelly and Brad, uh, all of them, it was a, an amazing trip, but there was just something special about Brian Frazier, who I always call him Brian Frazier affectionately because <laughs> <laughs> that's who he is to me. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, that you, you bring that up, that the United Nations, um, you know, the UN has named April 7th as the Day of Remembrance of the Victims mm -hmm. of the Rwanda Genocide um, in this day, but really the whole month. Um, there's a lot of different events and um, commemorations that happen, really mark the deaths of over, like you said, 800,000 people who were murdered, you know, by their neighbors in a lot of cases. Um, and this was all in, in 1994 mm -hmm. um, in Rwanda and Central Africa. And um, so to go there and to see this work and to meet those people, I was curious too, you know, if you guys could maybe share a little bit about what stood out to you about the people in the country of Rwanda. Because um, I think this is something that, that we really can learn from and need mm -hmm. to learn from um, and, and understand and, and with you guys, we would just love to hear hear more from you and, and learn while we move our feet today. What I saw, and I think about Jimmy, who was the guy who took us around, um, just a lot of love and care for each other within like a 20 year time going from, actually what I was reading uh, yesterday, there were like over a million people they think that were probably killed. Mm -hmm. and. It turned out, you know, there was nothing, they were all related. It was just a crazy thing how, how in our world, as we see even now the hatred with the Asian community, it's heartbreaking. 
But the reconciliation is, I think, what I don't want to say impressed me, but uh, was heartfelt that these that they were willing to move on and care for each other. Even the um, I think we drove by one day a field where there were prisoners who who was had been involved in genocide and different things, but they were out there doing clean, doing things in the field and things, but there's not, there wasn't that talk of hate and how I'm mad at you, but we want to reconcile. We want to be, we are one and that it was wrong and we admit it was wrong, but that we want to move forward together. Yeah, I think just to build on what Sheila was mentioning was, um, you know, I think we've, most people listening have experienced some form of pain or suffering in their lives, or even even at the hands of someone else, uh, potentially. And we understand what forgiveness might, might mean or might require. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes when we forgive, um, we don't have to live next door to that person, or we don't have to uh, continue, you know, our livelihoods may not depend on relationships that we have with, with the person, you know, those people. And so then to go through, uh, forgiveness, um, when you have every reason not to, not to, and every reason not to trust each other, I think just the level of trust that, um, you know, that has, has, has happened, and the depth of the forgiveness you're talking about depth of relationship earlier um, that is required to continue in order for the country to to thrive is uh, is mind boggling it's really um, it's, it's incomprehensible do you remember um, you were mentioning like that you went um, to the museum? Can you tell us a little bit about what you witnessed there and the story that was told? As I think about it now, five years, almost five years later, it's still almost haunting going into some of those rooms because it was dark and there were stories on some of the pictures of uh, a two-year-old or a, a newborn or a elderly person. And not that those in between are okay either, but the fact that people could just be mutilated that way and mm -hmm. stories of whole families um i just wanted to cry and then when we went outside there was you know they had um people finally tell them where they had buried mass graves and there was a area outside that i can't remember what it's called Brian, but it's a they have a huge area where they have now moved all of those bodies into yeah. one place Quarter million. Mm -hmm. and you just you stand there in silence and just pray because it's almost it's just unbelievable you can't you know we're talking about we raised uh, 29,000 almost 29,000 new people get clean water as a world water day and we're talking thousands and thousands of people who lost their lives unnecessarily it had nothing to do with them it just it, it's heartbreaking and there is no understanding of it, but to have a memorial where they are all at rest and at peace together, mm -hmm. I think that's a symbol of memorializing uh, the lost mm -hmm. in a loving way.
right after I came onto staff, I had the opportunity of being up in Seattle at one um, of our staff um, Wednesday worship opportunities or chapel. We have chapel every Wednesday as a staff that we all stop for an hour and get to worship and be inspired and just really tap into God first and foremost, you know, and um, it was, it was then that I was up there that um, I think it was the 20th anniversary potentially. Yeah. Of um, the truth and reconciliation committees in, in the, um, in the genocide and the president of Rwanda had publicly thanked world vision for its work and its partnership because world vision was willing to touch and discuss and be within the, in the, the spiritual needs of the reconciliation and the work that came um, after the genocide. And that really um, has struck me to my core to know that like a lot of organizations do a lot of incredible work. I mean, absolutely barnum incredible work, but he was saying that there's no way that the reconciliation could happen and that the country could be where it is today without World Vision being willing to address the spiritual undercurrent and reconciliation that was needed for them to truly move forward. That's great. And I, I'll add too, we were the first international NGO to even enter in after the genocide and that we were willing to, willing to come and, and, and provide, provide relief and aid. So World Vision is not afraid of, of getting into that, to those situations. Humbling and awe-inspiring. So, so with that, you actually really then got to, to be in the communities and meet the children and, and talk with mothers and fathers. And um, Was there anything in the, in the field work that stood out to you or a story you want to share? For me, um, my sponsored child there, Yvonne, um, we were not scheduled to go to her home. We were just going to be at the ADP later on that afternoon for lunch and playtime. And... I guess the parents said that we really want to meet um, the person that's sponsoring our child. And um, World Vision said yes. So we went, rose to interpret, of course, but um, it was such a wonderful visit. Going into their home and, you know, they had a little flower pot on the table and it's simple, but you could tell they were in their Sunday best, as I would say. And, um, the middle girl, because they had three children, uh, Yvonne was the oldest, but their one sister was at school, but the little one, I think she was like three, was there. And um, we just went in and started talking. And, you know, they, they come over and they're hugging me. You know, it's so, thinking about that, it's so exciting, like with this pandemic, not being able to, <laughs> I just got to hug my grandkids for the first time again, you know, almost a year, two weeks ago. Oh. But they hugged me and they thanked me. And first, there were several, so they first said, all these people are sponsoring her and they said no she is and they were just so gracious and it was such a wonderful visit and I did have a cell phone and we, I took a couple of selfies with her and smiled and I occasionally I post the pictures and things now and I look back on it and I, I still sponsor her um, I had several other sponsor kids prior to her but that was the first one we, I ever met and um, 
just to even watch her grow over the last five years. She was um, 10 at the time. And, you know, kind of like Kai, she's a young lady now instead of a little girl. And um, it's just, um, I, I see pictures when I get pictures, I send money and holiday during Christmas time. And, you know, a little bit picture of her mom and just the things they've done, you know, to, to buy a goat and um, be able to buy school books. What, I think the first year they bought her Bible and a light so she could read her Bible. Just things that we just take for granted here. Um, so having been there and actually met them, and my, I would love to someday be able to go visit them again, but that was something that was really special for me is to be able to be in their home. And then they came to the ADP and we got to sit around and eat together and spend more time. But I think that was just a probably really special. You, you couldn't have told me that that would ever happen, that I'd ever be in another country and visiting somebody else's home and just being treated as if I was like royalty, but they were the special ones to me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't me. I, I'm, it's hard for me to accept. It's hard for me to, when people say thank you, it's just hard for me to be that person to accept uh, people treating me, not kind, but treating me special. Mm -hmm. They were the special ones. And I was just very grateful to be there. And I remember at one point I was sitting across from there and the mom's like, no, no, come over. We're all sitting on this one bench and we're all like huddled really close together, you know, and they're just smiling, just enjoying the time. I think uh, I think just the the relationship that I've been able to build with my child and family over the years has been has been special, whether we had gone to visit or not. And we do a lot of the same things that Sheila is mentioning too. Do some additional gifts, especially around Christmas time. Get to see get to see that. I think getting to go visit Noella, <clears throat> my sponsored child there, who we met that year. She, uh, we have you know since helped them through world vision add a new roof to their house add some additional livestock that they have because many of the families there are day laborers which means that they're going out and working in other people's farm fields so they don't own their own land except for maybe their maybe their home and uh, and so they're at a, you know their starting line is much further behind what what others might be so getting to not only see her in her school uniform and know that she's getting a great good education uh, but then also to to be able to see the uh, you know the long-term benefits of how their family is slowly going to is has been improving i know that too her the, her father got got hurt actually two years ago had to uh and was able to uh, get services for his arm that was hurt from the health care facility mm -hmm. that that World Vision operates in, in the ADP that's there too. So they've they've seen many benefits. So good. Well, and and now I mean it was just announced um, pretty recently that Rwanda is officially fully funded to have yeah, universal yes. water coverage. What was it like to hear that news after being there, knowing all that that country has experienced? It's so exciting. And for me, um, as I think about it, I mean, it's just like not quite five years ago that we were there. And to hear something like that happening, you know, people ask me all the time, why do you run? Why do you sponsor kids? Those kids aren't real. Those are pictures of fake people. Mm -hmm. 
Um, this water isn't going here, there, just crazy things that people say. And um, to know that something so powerful, when I was there actually, I actually was able to pump uh, water from one of their wells, the clean water, but we went on a water walk prior to that and saw where they used to get water. And I remember uh, Yvonne picking this jerry can up and putting it on her head. Now, my, you know, 40 pounds, she's like 10. And I tried to lift it. And granted, I had a cell phone in my hand too, so maybe I wouldn't have been. Right, right. I was trying to lift it. And I got it about halfway to maybe my shoulder. And my thought is, if I, I could probably swing this thing and put it on my head, but I'll be on the ground. Mm -hmm. So to be able to hear that um, clean water that way just is just exciting. And my, I share too, along with that, the fact that by 2030, you know, World Vision hopes to have water in, um, water in the 12 countries that they're in. I think the fact that I could even potentially still be alive mm -hmm. and see it, but to, but to see this was just, look what God can do through people and mm -hmm. why we run and why we walk and why we do the things that we do and mm -hmm. continually do them. Mm -hmm. Everybody's proud to be on the winning team, you know, and I think to to know that World Vision is uh, is the is that team. They are from our local engineers who know exactly what they're doing to uh, to all the leaders here with Team World Vision and with you know, all of our other programs at World Vision, especially our water team. It's uh, it's you know you're proud. You're proud to be a part of the ones who are going to go in and, and make it, make it happen. And it not just be wishful thinking, like, like Sheila was saying. Yeah. Yeah. It is humbling, inspiring to know that God can use and does use each and every one of us. And, um, you know, we say that we have a goal to reach everyone everywhere we work. And I know that we're going to need everyone everywhere we are to make that a reality. Well, friends, I mean, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, it's just, again, it's powerful to to watch our team do the things that they do. And I mean, again, both of you have incredible running careers and um, for you to choose to use your gifts um, to bring other people life and to don that orange jersey with pride is, um, it's just amazing. And we are so grateful for both of you. Um, but more than the distance or the quickness, um, again, the love that you show to one another and reflect into the world, into a world that is hurting, in a world that is divided, um, in a world that likes to separate, right? God unites, and you are a beautiful reflection um, of the truth and the love of Christ in the world. And we just, we thank you so much for being on our team and um, reminding of us of that goodness every day. Thank you. Thank and you. my excitement is someday that I'll get to hug my son again. Mm. It's been like no, over a year now. To, ready for it to be over. You know, so pandemic, quarantine, all that go away. I need to hug my son, my son needs to hug. That's right.
Once again, thank you for joining us this week. And more than that, thank you for going farther together with us beyond the walls for the last year. Next week, get ready to hear from a lifelong friend of mine and Team World Vision's one and only Johnny Huddle. And let me tell you, he is bringing the fire. I know that's no surprise to those of you that know Johnny, but he is bringing that fire to you next week beyond the walls. So get excited. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. We'll see you next week.